at New York's Madison Square Garden, a city college quintet faces five fast and fancy web feet from the University of Oregon. Here we are. We're back again, guys. It's the old man game. Oh, my gosh. We're starting to pop up a little more and more, uh, kind of like that deadbeat dad or that fun uncle. Uh, they had a good time one time. Now they just keep coming around. And that is what we are doing. I'm Jerry Ramsey. That's John Ham, Brandon Rebar. It's a little condensed version. We'll do our usual our usual Sunday show, which is going to be weird because there's a game going on. Usually when we schedule a show, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But, uh, Brandon, you were in the afternoon uh scrum or zooms or whatever they are now tell us some of the updated information we got on our beloved thunder yeah so uh hamadou diallo darius Baisley, george hill still out but the big news was shea gilgis alexander is now out tomorrow against the knicks with a right quad contusion so shea is gonna sit now of course that sparks conspiracy theories that involve you know a, uh, a military vehicle, uh, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, like something that transforms into a giant robot that yeah. goes by the name of Megatron. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So take that for what you will, but you know the the word is that they're being cautious with with Shay, sure. uh, as they as they would be. So he's the young star. So, but that also means when you break it down, you know, you kind of forget about George Hill, but he's supposed to be a starter for this team. Shea, George Hill, Darius Baisley, that's three starters. Then Hamadou Diallo is their sixth man off the bench. That's four of their top six guys, technically. Wow. You look at that, John. Uh, and that's really funny you brought up Megatron. And we are the geekiest uh, show that covers the Oklahoma City Thunder, for sure. Um, when you look at it, first of all, I understand being cautious with Shea because he only has, what, 15, 16 years left in the NBA you don't want to put extra miles on that when you don't have to, especially at the beginning of a, of a back-to-back. But, well, I smell. I uh, I smell some cooking there. I smell something going on. Uh, did the victory uh, against Dallas have anything to do with this, John? Oh, I mean, honestly, I kind of think with the compressed schedule, uh, this might become more of a norm uh, throughout the rest of the season, right? Uh, just kind of giving guys uh, some more rest here and there. I mean, look. The, the writing was on the wall last night when Alexei Pokashevsky got the start and Moses Brown came in and got Mike Muscala's minutes, right? They are evaluating uh, and developing players, which they should. Um, and so here's the thing, like Brandon talked about, all the guys that are going to be out for the Thunder, the way it's gone for the Thunder this season, I now expect Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Alfred Payton to not be in uniform tomorrow yeah. night for the Knicks, right? It's like, um, it, that seems to be the thing with the Thunder this season is they keep running into teams that are sitting out guys and, you know, the Thunder just go out and, and tend to outwork these other teams. And then Brandon, I think that uh, I was reading about, you know, I, I went in on the scrum and I know you were. Dagnall yesterday kind of got uh, some of the hardest questions he's had to answer as far as like, basically, seriously, guys, Look, I get it. I know that you know we're not putting together a championship quality roster here, but he took it with a grain of salt and basically said what that he's happy, he's uh, thrilled to be able to uh, you know play with the parts that he has. Yeah. Uh, so Barry Trammell from the Oklahoma and asked him basically if the Thunder are winning too much, and to Mark Dagnall's credit, he answered it head on and he gave a real answer. And he said, 
you know, listen, when I took this job, I wanted to instill toughness, competitiveness. I wanted to instill a culture and a way of playing the game. And, you know, whether we're contending or whether we're re rebuilding, we'll let the results fall where they may. I mean, he didn't ignore the question. He didn't give some, you know, kind of like package, you know, generic answer. He really answered. He knew what Barry was asking and he took it head on. So credit to Dagnall. Uh, I think that, you know, some coaches in that position may have skirted the issue, but, you know, and it was a great answer. It's what you want to hear as, you know, if you're a Thunder fan, that's great. You want to hear that. Some coaches, John, uh, I, can you think of any coaches that have skirted that answer? Uh, I don't know, maybe even with the Thunder organization. And uh, also, um, John, are, are they winning too much? Um, they are winning at a better clip than anticipated. Now, there's still a lot of season left here, okay? Um, and we've seen where seasons have gone down the drain quickly. I mean, and we've seen teams turn around quickly, too. I just I don't think this is a turnaround type of roster. For this team, right? So um, we'll see what happens. Again, the trade deadline's coming up. Um, you know, there's going to be an opportunity there to perhaps the, the way to kind of uh, help move this along a little bit is to play the young, ex inexperienced guys a little bit more. Uh, move out some of the proven guys, <coughs> Al Horford, um, and and sort of create that void. Um, that could be one way to go about it. But look, I think this team has to sit back and also just sort of analyze, like, okay. Um, what is currently in place, you know, especially Shea Gildas Alexander, uh, is that better than than they anticipated? And is I, I don't want to call it a problem, but is that complicating things? And and that's a nice problem to have, honestly, at this point. I haven't talked to either one of you about the game last night, and there's one thing that I really laser focused on. Like I sat up in my seat and I was like, oh my gosh. That lineup with Maladon, uh, Ty Jerome, Pokashevsky, Brown, and uh, Kenny Hustle. And I just looked at that and I thought, oh my God, they are going for it. Like they this is this is the worst lineup I've ever seen. This side of what Earl Watson and Chris Wilcox, uh Robert Swift. <laughs> guys. Yeah. Kyle Weaver. Yeah. But you know what? Those dudes did what they were supposed to do with Nick Collison at the helm. They lost. Last night I saw that lineup and I just get, can you guys please, with the lack of words that I'm coming up with, and you know, I talk on live radio for a living, for God's sakes. Can you guys, like, really, can you tell me what you thought when you saw that lineup out there, John? Um, I'll just reiterate what I said the last show. This team is young, scrappy, and hungry. And, <laughs> you know, they've got a lot to prove. And usually bad teams have got bad veterans that aren't any good or are checked out. You've got a team of, of try too hearts. And that's the yeah. thing is that's why I advocated like, shoot, go trade for Blake Griffin. <laughs> He's broken now and he can't help anyone play him 38 minutes a night till his knees give out. Right. I mean, yeah. if that's, that's how you would probably have to go about it, but no, this, this young team is, has got a lot to prove. Um, and again, nice problem to have, right. You've got, uh, you've got some talent already banked and then not to mention the 18 future potential first round picks down the way. Yeah, I thought that, you know, the starters jumped out to a big lead. Shea, Horford, Dort, it makes sense. Even with Poku playing and Maladon playing, uh, what maybe wasn't anticipated was how well Poku was going to play. Uh, and he played really well. So did Maladon. Dort was hitting his three. So they jumped out to a huge lead. But when I saw that lineup that you're talking about, Jerry, I was like, okay, so here's, here's where it'll happen. They'll give up the lead. You know, this will be a game again. Uh, but nope, they they held on to that lead. I think during that time, because I was paying attention to 
They only gave up like the plus minus the bench was maybe like a negative two, something like that, but you would not at all have guessed given. And I broke it down at one point, the team last night without uh, George Hill and Diallo and Baisley and all those guys, here's what it was composed of. It was three guys that were just recalled from the G league an undrafted sophomore, uh, a second round sophomore, a second round rookie, an undrafted third-year player, a guy considered the worst contract in the league and Wash last year, and Al Horford, and then SGA. And they win. They were winning by 21 points. No, that's not exciting. It's unreal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this team, again, is just outworking a lot of other teams, right, that are just sort of coasting through uh, coasting through the season. You saw this Thunder team, you know, give the Lakers all they could handle uh, earlier this year, missing key guys, right? You saw them beat Milwaukee without Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the lineup. Um, it, it's a combination of some teams are just, look, a lot of teams are coasting. Uh, a lot of teams are taking OKC lightly. And this Thunder team is is not allowing themselves. I mean, sure, they have gotten annihilated in some games. Um, but, you know, they they put up, I think, more of a fight than other teams anticipate getting sometimes. Have you guys adjusted, and I know you guys are a lot smarter at this than I am, have you guys adjusted who you've been evaluating? I mean, it was just a, it was a piece of cake. Even dumb guys like me could go Kaminga and Mobley and Cunningham and all those guys. But now uh, with Houston doing what they're doing, by the way, uh, what just let's just go ahead. Let's go ahead and give them a top four pick. I know that's not how the lottery works, but let's just go ahead and do it. Uh, with Houston doing what they're doing, have you adjusted starting to look at that six, seven, eight, nine guy, John? Um, a little bit. Uh, and of course, the, the variable there is you know, the Thunder do have the assets to trade up, uh, potentially, and and it just so much depends on. You know, is some team at four that is already stocked at a certain position and are willing to move back and the Thunder are willing to move up? Um, you just never know. You, you you get a situation where Atlanta says, no, we value Trey Young more than Luka Doncic. Right, wrong, or whatever, that's just the way they feel. So, you know, we try to think this out logically, but you get to you get in there and you just never know what can happen. And again, the Thunder have a lot of stuff um, that, that they can try uh, to, to move up in the draft. So I'm I'm not quite uh, like filling in like Cody Kispert for next year's team. Is, is that his name, the Gonzaga guy that shoots the lights out? Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite filling him in yet for this Thunder team next year. But um, you know, I, I think uh, it, it wouldn't hurt to get familiar with some of those teams. And plus, final thought on that, you know, how many teams have bounced up from the seven, eight, nine range up into the top? Top three, like that can always happen too. Yeah, so I'm really well versed on the top five because I've spent more time than I'd like to admit <laughs> researching these guys. Uh, but that may have been a big waste of my time that the Thunder owe me back uh, that I spent on them. Uh, I am starting to look at the guys six through twelve: the uh, Zaire Williams, the most Moody's, uh, those guys, Scotty Barnes because there's a really good chance that the Thunder's pick is going to fall in that little, you know, zone right there. Uh, like John said, there's always a chance that they'll pop up and things can change as the season goes on. Uh, but th- it would be a big missed opportunity, you know, in a rebuilding year in a draft, this stack, the top five has separated themselves as guys who are like the blue chip elite guys that you can, you know, start a franchise with. So to miss out on one of those guys would, would be, you know, that's not something the, the Thunder want to miss out on. I would anticipate if they get, say, the seventh or eighth pick, they'll do anything they can with some of their assets to move up to the top four or five if they can. 
And again, 2022, I mean, there's there's going to be a nice class there as well. You know, the question is going to be is, you know, does Shea Gilgis-Alexander hinder that ability, right, to, to, to fully just pull the rug out and fall down? Um, and so, again, there's all sorts of possibilities on the board here moving forward, which is, again, some teams don't have that luxury whenever they're retooling, rebuilding, re-whatevering. Absolutely. All right, listen, it's not a mistake in why we're doing a show today. Uh, and I think all three of us were affected by this. It's the one-year anniversary that Cher uh, canceled her concert at Chesapeake yeah. Arena. And I, all I, those I know. commercials, you know, and, and you just don't get the payoff. It just it just really stinks. I know it affected all three of us. Uh, I myself had <laughs> tickets. Uh, and I know, Brandon, you believe in love after life. So, I mean, just uh, – all three of us just shattered by that. But the day before Cher canceled, part of the reason she did was because Rudy Gobert brought COVID to Oklahoma City. Uh, and uh, therefore, and Utah beat writers get so mad whenever you phrase it like that. But it's the truth. Um, anyway, so I thought that the three of us would just kind of get around and, and kick some of our, uh, our stories in this. And uh, I'll start with mine because I'm the most important on this. Uh, also, because I'm going to share what the untold story is. And you're not going to get this on HBO. You're not going to get this on The Undefeated. You're not going to get this on The Jump. This is what really happened. I'm not going to even start where my best friend and confidant in radio, John Ham, does not stop me from going. He suggests very, very, very... Uh, uh, very, very much so that I should not go, or uh, the way he put it, he's not going. I think he told me he wasn't going eight times, a couple more times than I even asked. Oh, by the way, Jerry, I'm, I'm not going. And I'm like, okay, you're not going. <laughs> you can ask my wife, I can't take a hint. So I went, right? Yep, okay. Why did I go despite the weird feeling I was getting from John Ham? Uh, it was Hispanic Heritage Night. And I have not heard one time any of these major stories talk about Hispanic Heritage Night that was going on at the Chesapeake Arena. There's mariachis going around the hallways, right? The El Thunder shirt that I covet so much last year's, I had to go get immediately. It's the first thing I did when I walked in the building. Co, what? I don't care. I need that shirt. Um, <laughs> I think Frankie J was your halftime performer. And what people won't tell you, and I'll keep this as concise as I can, uh, is that, sure, we all see the referees talking. We all see Chris Paul. You know, who is it? What is it? All that good stuff. They send the guys back, all that. Uh, your close personal friend, John, and yours, Brandon Royce. I don't think he really cares for me. Uh, he, I, I saw him getting up, and either two things happened. There was some huge breaking news, or my man had the runs. But he was walking with that kind of, like, speed. Uh, to somewhere. So all that was weird, but I really didn't think much of it because they let us stay in there and stew. They made sure that all the performers performed that. Like I said, Frankie J performed his entire set, the three songs that he had, and we're all just sitting there. And I think in all these representations that I see, I kind of get frustrated because it cuts from the guys talking on the court to the picture of the hey, due to circumstances with COVID, or whatever, and they show the people moving out. That's not what happened. We were all sitting there. We were all sitting there stewing in it for close to 30 to 45 minutes. And if I remember, misremember or whatever, first of all, I'm not going to ask you, John, because you didn't go. Um, but uh, Brandon, forgive me for being 100 years old, but you were in the building or you were not in the building that night? 
I was in the building that night. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because I was on the 100 level. You're up in uh, Sky City, which as soon as the COVID news came out, I moved up there too. Uh, <laughs> but if I'm, am I misremembering um, any of this, Brandon? No, that that seems pretty accurate. You want to know though, like I, I, I won't dispute anything that you said. It was just such a feeling of confusion. I think not only you know from the media members, but from you know the the fans. And I think that we all kind of had an idea of what was going on. We all like, okay, we, we know what's happening. Nobody was going to tweet it out. Nobody wanted to be the first to be like, Hey, we're kind of thinking it's this. Cause you don't want to be wrong. Um, you know, we were just kind of waiting on official words. So there's just kind of that pause confusion, a little bit of fear, I think was kind of settling in uh, for some people because, you know, not a lot was known at that time. And you'd heard things like, could it be an airborne illness and like, you know, even people in Laos City are like, well, what's airborne mean? You know, they can come up here. I mean, nobody really knew. I remember I, I actually played pickup basketball the next day and some of the guys found out that I was there the night before and they didn't want to guard me or be close <laughs> to me because they thought I might give it to them because I was in the building. But, you know, we laugh at it now because it is funny. But, you know, at the time, it just kind of shows in one year how much we've all learned about COVID and, and all those things. Uh, I wasn't anywhere near six feet to, to Rudy Gobert that day. So uh turns out I was, I was safe, thankfully. But yeah, just the whole thing was just, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy that it was a year ago and how much life has shifted and changed since then. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, you know, it's funny. The game didn't even happen and it'll go down as one of the most historic games in NBA history. Absolutely. No Absolutely. Yeah. Huh, John. So we're doing a pregame, and uh, after seven, eight, nine times, I'm not going, Jerry. Uh, I'm not going, Jerry. I'm not going, Jerry. Can you share your incredible intuition? I think uh, in Super Troopers, the guy calls them, when did you turn into Super Cop? Uh, just, like, I, I, I get it, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you and I have had conversations about some stuff, and I'm not that mad anymore, but I'll always be mad. Um but just kind of give us your day and how everything kind of made you go, you know what, I'm going to pack up my stuff here from Flint and head home. Yeah, and I mean, the reality is, like, I had decided the night before that I wasn't going. And that was simply because, again, with a full-time job, with a family, I kind of have to pick and choose, you know, what I go and do. And, and this was a night where I just, I had decided the night before, yeah, I'm not going to go to the game. But the way the next day unfolded, and it unfolded rapidly, and there's so much that I think we forget because everything you know, was coming at us left and right, right? Uh, no fans for Warriors Nets coming up. Like, oh, really? You're going to hold a basketball game without fans? Like LeBron James had totally crapped on that idea uh, recently, uh, somewhere around that time frame as well, not understanding like, oh, there's this thing that's that's probably going to become a big deal here in the U.S., right? Um, the, World Orth, the World Health Organization uh, declared COVID-19 a, a global pandemic sometime that day as well, right? Um, there were just so many things. And so, of course, that morning, um, the, the Jazz have shoot around, and it's announced that Rudy Gobert and Emmanuel Moutier are out due to illness. And look, People started connecting dots. You can go on Twitter.com and do some searches, and you can find people connecting dots, uh, making flippant comments. You know, back then, um, I, I'll just say that, um, that that I got wind that the game might be in jeopardy, 
And I didn't know anything more than that, but I was connecting dots maybe a little more solidly, but I still had no idea. Is it Rudy Gobert? Is it Emmanuel Moutier? Heck, is it someone from the Thunder? Right. You know, I, I, di- I didn't know. And, and it would it would have been reckless and irresponsible to try to go out and say anything more than that for multiple reasons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, throughout the day, I thought, well, OK, surely they're going to make this call by like three or four o'clock. Right. You're not going to want to get fans down to the arena, uh, get them into the building and then call the game off. Well, OK, I guess they are willing to do that if necessary, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I thought by three or four o'clock, you know, well, we're, apparently we're going to have a game. Um, and then, you know, of course, went to Flint, met up with you, Brady. Uh, Trantham was on the was on the uh, pregame Pre-game, with us. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm sitting there at pregame, I'm like, well, clearly, whatever they were concerned about, they are no longer concerned about. That was my thought process, process I guess. And I, I think I had led on to you that, yeah, you know, th- there were indications this game might be in jeopardy, right? And as we're doing the pregame show, Jerry, I didn't receive, like, any more information. But remember, there was the Rudy Gobert, like – Oh yeah, he's out tonight. Oh, um, they misspoke. He's questionable for tonight. And I'm like, that is who they're they're looking at right now. And um, so anyway, yeah, I just I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I I did not have uh, anything solid enough. Again, it would have been reckless and irresponsible to try to broadcast any more than that. Um, and again, multiple reasons, but. Sure enough, driving uh, driving home, uh, I was quite distracted on I-35 that night uh, on my way as I was uh, juggling my phone between phone calls and trying to listen to the radio and check Twitter and um, it just just insane um, how Oklahoma City sort of became like the epicenter for this event that I, I think you can draw some positives from it. First of all, the big positive is that like Rudy Gobert, uh, it seems like, you know, he, he's fine, right? Um you know, obviously, there's a lot of long-term health concerns with COVID. Um, Donovan Mitchell seems to be fine. Um, it, the, the health and safety of people uh, that night, I, I think, is 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 a good thing. And plus, you know, this was something that I think got a lot of people's attention that maybe they hadn't really grasped until everything just started shutting down right after that. Brandon, John, and I know our story pretty well, so I'll go ahead and uh, I'll ask you a question. Um, obviously, I mean, you have a job to do whenever you're there. You're there to, you know, break down the game, write some stuff, just get some stuff going. None of that happened. What was the conversation like whenever you were, you know, talking back to your people saying, you know, here's the deal, uh, boss, there's not a game. So probably, you know, there's not going to be a, a post-game breakdown, probably going to be scrum stuff. Uh, also, I'm in danger. <laughs> like, how did, oh, yeah, that, that, how did that conversation that, go? Yeah, I'm with Daily Thunder, and they that was their – thankfully, that was their main concern. It's like, well, hey, just take care of yourself. Make sure you're okay. I'm just glad you're okay. Get home. It, it wasn't, you know, any – there was nothing said about – I mean, maybe they've been silently holding a grudge that I didn't – I owe my – a piece of work from that night. I don't know, but nothing was ever said to me about actually turning anything in from that night. It was just get home and be safe. <laughs> Which is really different. And I'll finish off with mine. Cause I, we have just one little thing to wrap up before we get out of here. Uh, we had, and John, you and I have talked about this. The franchise was really rolling and Brandon, you've commented on this. We had Madison, uh, we had Christine, we had Derek, we had Ryan and myself all at the game. We showed yeah. up, in, we always showed up in numbers. That was kind of our thing. And, yeah. um, 
I just remember, like I said, I was on the 100 section where there's a media area there uh, that really important people go to. Uh, I know because Woj takes my seat whenever he shows up. Anyway, <laughs> used to because we don't do that anymore. Uh, as soon as I found out, I called Ryan down to me and I said, Ryan, do me a favor. Uh, I'm going to go up to Loud City. You need to get as close to the situation as possible because <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Uh, but I have a beekeeper suit. Just zip this up and wade into danger. So, okay, but who were the two that were front line? And we both know them. I think Royce and Eric uh, Horn, right? I don't know if it was Joe down there, Maddie. I don't know. Matt, Maddie, Matt, Royce and Maddie really killed it that night. I remember okay. that, like as far as Eric too, of course, but for some reason, I remember Royce and Maddie really were the ones with, with all the updates all night that night. And so being competitive more so than smart, uh, I, Ryan, get down there and, you know, and don't leave until you figure out something and, and give Ryan credit. Uh, you know, one, he was a junior reporter at the time. He's doing great stuff now, but he knew to get the hell out of there at the right time. Uh, yeah. unlike Royce and Maddie, uh, <laughs> who just, you know, stayed in there and was, you know, and I'm, and I'm not insinuating anything, but somebody was feeding shams and, uh, Woj because that was the only notifications we were getting was from guys thousands of miles away. So that was fr- that was frustrating as hell, and, and and that was problematic too because you've got you know you've you've got them breaking the news that you know oh hey I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> violate Rudy Gobert's uh, private health here yep. by revealing this you know yep. so um, and as you've noticed I mean ever since then the NBA does not come out and announce who tests positive for COVID I mean if a player comes out and says so or tells a representative to do it that's a different story completely but you know it, that is a, that is a very delicate thing and that's something that I think some of the breaking news guys had to figure out you know like yeah I, I can't just I can't just break this news like that I'm very interested to see all the documentaries and stuff that are kind of coming out. I think the one on HBO, uh, Chris Paul is executive producing or something like that so at least that's in there with that but I'm really interested to see the narrative that is going to be done because it's two small market teams and I would just hate it to be like, remember in Oklahoma city, the bombing happened and the big time press came down. It's like, are you prepared for this? And, you know, I remember our fire chief and I've got the guy's name, but uh, just basically told Connie Chung to just stick that in her pipe and shove it right up there. Cause was that, was that John Hanson? I believe that was, was John it was good call. Look for you. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he just basically told shove it, go on, get out of here. Uh, all right. So before we get out of here, uh, one of the big events of the day, uh, if you don't know, there was some guys caught on a hot mic uh, calling a high school basketball game and some just seriously uh, very, very racist and hateful things came out. We're not going to tackle that because we're a very upbeat and light show. But apologies did come out, and I'll be damned if I can't make fun of this. Uh, part of the guy, uh, he said part of the reason maybe that he said stuff like that is because his blood sugar spiked uh, because he has diabetes. I got diabetes, uh, and you guys have known me for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm the first one to tell you. I have, I, you know what? Some things have happened. I've gotten dizzy. Uh, I've gotten <laughs> sleepy. Uh, but I am proud to say to you guys that never in anything that happened with my diabetes did I ever get racist. Uh, so I'm just, Brandon, we were talking about your health a little bit. John, I don't know how much, uh, you know, close to diabetes as you were, as William Brim, or was it Brumley would say. But uh, we really need to make sure that people go out there and check your blood sugar levels. Because not only can it affect your heart, not only can it affect anything else, it could make you racist. So just really be careful with that stuff. 
guys, do you got anything on here? Or are you just embarrassed to be on a show with me? No, it's, it, I mean, again, it's, it's the typical, uh, I, I referred to a bingo card earlier, right? There's certain statements, you know, that are going to be in these apologies. Um, and look, the, the hard thing to do is just to say, man, I was wrong and I got to check my life. And that is really all you need. You know, again, I, I sincerely apologize. I was so wrong. I'm going to reevaluate my life. I'm going to make changes. But, you know, if you want to lay out some of those things, but, you know, don't throw out, you know, all of the, the cutesy. I'm a family man and I'm big in the church and I used to be a youth pastor. Well, guess what? You can still be racist. <laughs> it doesn't absolve you from that. So anyway, um, uh, you know, again, I, I really I really hope. Uh, again, there's a lot of venom and anger, rightfully so, directed at this guy. This is an opportunity to to make some changes, right? It, 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 it's not irredeemable, but he can make it that way if he keeps throwing out these lame excuses. Yeah, you talked about the uh, bingo card. Diabetes is not on any bingo card as far as like the excuses for saying what we said. It was just awful. It was just, I was just sad for the for the girls, uh, for the team. Yeah, uh, you know, for high for school. Yeah, high, high school. school. High for school. Crying out loud! Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, yep. just, so angry. Just yeah. unbelievable. I'm no, I'm no medical profession, uh, <laughs> you know, professional. Uh, but I've done a lot of Google searches, uh, you know, on medical issues, and no WebMD I've ever seen as a side effect of diabetes been, you know, becoming racist. So that's all I know. By the way, and you know, out of the three of us, I'm the one that's going to get in some sort of trouble. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is say, you know what? I'm on a podcast with uh, John Hamm and Brandon Rabar, and obviously, I'm a good guy. I mean, I hang out with those guys, so and they go to church. Yes, and I keep thinking to myself, he's like, you know, I'm a family man, uh, I'm a, a husband, and the wife is going, nope, nope. Uh, I go to church, and the church is like, nope, nope. <laughs> Don't include us in any of that. Just <laughs> shut up, dude. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, you're on your own, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wash my hands of this. The Alexa telling me my uh, baked potatoes are ready tells me also that it's probably time to stop the uh, stop the broadcast. So, John, Brandon, thank you so much uh, for joining me with this. Uh, hopefully, you guys out there that are re-watching this and the guys that are watching it live appreciate everything you guys do we will be back on sunday at some point and then off air guys we're gonna have to talk about when we're doing it because thanks to the great nba scheduling uh they will be smack dab in the middle of playing the memphis grizzlies when we usually do our show so we'll talk about all that stuff uh here over the weekend uh john brandon great stuff thank you so much this is the old man game we'll talk to you later